my name is Zim Shady. I cannot get that song out of my head uh, since we had our first weekend of baseball here in East Lansing because of Jordan Zimmerman. That is his walk-up song. I guess they call him Zim Shady. And actually, if you look at his bio, he looks just like Eminem. It's funny stuff. I thought we should start the show with that. But welcome back to Warning Track. I'm your host, Zach, alongside Michael Epps. And today, we're, pretty, uh, we're recapping our Rutgers game that just happened over the weekend. They had that big first Big Ten series of the year, but they're going to also step out of Big Ten play for a little as Oregon comes to town, and they played Oakland on Tuesday, so we'll go over those games, as well as our favorite segment, Rapid Fire Questions. But as always, we like to get right into it. And Michael, how about you take us away with Game 1, that Friday game against Rutgers, to start Big Ten play, in which Michigan State won 5-2. to two. Yeah, it was a it was a great game. It was interesting, you know, a, a tough start for Cam. Um, he looked, you know, jumpy out there and a little off balance. He never really got settled into his groove. And uh, the Rutgers lineup did a good job of, you know, fouling off the pitches and uh, really not allowing Cam to get into his dominant role where he just gets settled and starts mowing guys down like we've seen him do before. Um, you know, his pitches weren't too accurate and. He gave up six hits, three walks, uh, two earned on six and two innings, which which isn't horrible. But you know, on on the ace of your staff, you know, you, you kind of want to expect a better game out there, especially to start a weekend series. Um, but you know, he threw 62 pitches through three innings, which also was not good. And you know that you know sometimes forces the bullpen to have to come in early again. Not good for a weekend series. So uh, there's some things that the team needs to adjust to, you know, better fit these weekend series. What else do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think we just got a classic example of being able to finally see him in person and see Cam View pitch for the first time this season, and he did look jumpy, and he didn't look settled. Um, his pitchers weren't necessarily inaccurate. They just were being fouled off a ton. And like you mentioned, he ran up to 62 pitches through three, and then once again, 92 pitches through five. Um, kind of reverse of what was going on last game where he was able to go eight innings, go deep, um, but he just really didn't – I don't want to say didn't have his stuff because he still pitched really well, and he still actually had some A-plus situational hitting, uh, situational pitching, sorry. Um, he had a runner in third with two outs, and he was able to get out of it. So, he, you know, he's getting himself in some sticky situations, but, you know, turned runs is nothing to worry about. Um, you know, he really proved why he still is the best arm in this game. Uh, might just have been homecoming nerves as he, as he came back to East Lansing. But the beast, Dakota Meckes, came in striking out five batters in the seven remaining at-bats for Rutgers. Uh, Kid continues to dominate, and you'll talk a little more about him later. But uh, he was able to shut the door and eventually give MSU that win. Um, that seemed like they were going to have another cold day like they did against Central. But with two outs in the fourth inning, Grace, who has stepped up immensely, once again, another thing we'll talk about later, uh, singled in Zimmerman hit an absolute jack to the softball fields. I kid you not, this ball went to the softball fields behind the 380 sign and left. Beyond that, um, over to our, our female friends over, over on the softball fields, it was, a, it was just an absolute jack from kind of a skinnier kid. Uh, not to diss any of his ability, but it was just like, holy cow, man. It was an absolute moonshot, really fun to watch. Um, he hasn't proven himself as such a, you know, strong power hitter he he does have three home runs on the year but yeah. that that really hasn't been his game he's more of that contact you know get those hits and get on base guy so it was really exciting to see such a huge jack like that yeah he continues to just hit well and um baseball's about growing and I think game one against Rutgers was a game of growth um how is how is MSU going to get another big 10 ace out of their groove and uh 
the person pitching for Rutgers, gotten a very, very solid. He, he was cruising. He was getting guys out. Like I said, it looked like MSU was struggling again. Um, and the way you do that is play your kind of baseball. Um, after Grace, uh, after another Grace hit later in the game, he would get to a, he would get to second base on a pitch in the dirt. This is no easy task. The ball is right in front of the catcher, but he read it perfectly and on no hesitation was able to get to second. Um, he moved into scoring position. Was later hit in by Justin Hovis to give them the lead. Really, the only run they needed that was the three-two lead. And we, we've talked about hustle, and that's what's what MSU is going to do. They're going to run on you. They're going to make the fielders struggle. They're going to scare them. Uh, and the aggressiveness. Do you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, it's great. I mean, there there's so many threats on the base pass that you know the Spartans have this year, and it's it's really something that we we weren't expecting out of this team. But you know, Zimmerman has really been. The main guy who's just an absolute threat on the base paths. Uh, well, not just him. I mean, I'm seeing Matt Byers steal, and he's a catcher. I mean, these guys are constantly in motion. Uh, and, and we'll talk later in Game 3 how Hustle saved the game. Uh, but just, you know, little things like that where he sees that ball in the dirt and is able to immediately go. You can tell they're practicing it. You can tell that what Jake Boss Jr. is, hey, maybe we're not the most skilled with the bats. Maybe we're not, you know, we don't hit as well as some of these Southern teams, but we're going to get you somewhere else. We're going to get you with hustle and hard work. Right, and it throws the opposing pitcher way off because once you start, then you're going to start getting the pitcher nervous. Then they have to start focusing on a base runners instead of, you know, just focusing on the man at the plate. And it really causes problems. And so it's a it's a great asset for the team this year. It's it's helped them a lot. Yeah, and I, I, I want to flip it to the other side of other teams running on us. Um what do you think? There's there's a lot of pickoffs. I don't know if that's a college thing, but the pitchers are constantly looking over to first, constantly throwing back to second, which you never see in the pros is a throwback to second. Uh, and I feel like sometimes it's you know that's the reason Cam's not getting in his groove like we've talked about. He's so focused on the runner. It's like when there's two outs, get that batter. You don't need to worry about the runner if you get the batter. And um, I don't. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you noticed that with a few games we've seen? Yeah, I did. the The home opener at against Central Michigan. You know, both pitchers, the Central reliever and you know the MSU pitchers, were both throwing back to second. You know, that's you don't do that because that causes problems. Then you can easily overthrow uh, the second baseman or shortstop, whoever's covering the bag. And you know, they're they're trying this, but it it doesn't really work. They've only gotten, I think, two successful pickoffs this year and mm -hmm. you know so it's just not something you want to risk because then you know that's where throwing errors come that's where you give guys extra bases and uh it's it's not something that yeah it's something msu try. takes advantage of and it's something that could be used against them it's i don't know i i want to see more about it going forward but it's something that really actually bugs me uh game two though michigan state won yet again five to four Rutgers got out to another early lead three one do you want to talk about this game yeah, well, uh, the MSU bats were, were really rolling in this one, and it was, it was good to see because, you know, we've talked a lot about the inconsistency of mm -hmm. the offensive lineup, and, you know, they have some good games, and then they've had a lot of bad games. And it, it was different from the first two weekends where they were just steamrolling, you know, 10 hits and, you know, almost nearly all of their games. And, um, you know, we saw a really good game out of um, this offensive lineup. You know, everyone... Every single batter reached base with the exception of, well, everyone reached base. Everyone got a hit except for wow. Matt Byers, who got a walk. Uh, so everyone reached base. And it was, a, it was a great, you know, offensive performance from these guys. And, um, you know, they, they got down early, but they came back. And um, they got a strong rally going in the fifth, you know, a lot of singles and a walk. Um, so, you know, it was, it, was, it was good to see them um, come back in another tight game. Yeah, and I want to point out, once they did get this lead, which is good, because they didn't get the lead against Oakland, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but once they get that lead, forget it. 
MSU was 13 and 0 when leading after six innings. That's bullpen. That's hitters continue to hit. But on the flip side, they're one and three when trailing after six. Um, so it's good they kind of got that those like you said the bats got going early. They didn't come out cold like they have been. Um, because that, that could be a problem for MSU. And even if you look at last year, I believe they finished 10 and 19 when trailing after after six. So it's, you know, they want to get ahead in those games and uh, let their bullpen do their work. Um, and it was another, uh, Joe Mockby took the mound this time at, in relief instead of Dakota Mekas. Uh, it was a safe situation, went two and one strong, allowing a run on two hits. Made the little things closer than he should have by letting up a run. But uh, we talked to him after the game before, and he says he loves those high-pressure situations. Doesn't matter. Able to shut the door. MSU wins. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, what I do like is that um, he got five strikeouts in this one. And just like in the home opener, he got six strikeouts on his six outs, um, you know, in his two innings of work. So, so he's so. another guy that can really get guys like you're, with the with the strikeout you're saying, right? Right, yeah. yeah. You know, it's and, you know, Mockby, he's he's had enough of down season. And, uh, you know, there, there's an interesting comparison with him and, um, as you said, Dakota Mekis. But, you know, Mockby's got a 3.45 ERA, but he did pick up, you know, his fifth uh, save of the season, and so, you know, it was it was a good performance out of him, and um, really, hopefully that hopefully we can see, you know, Mockby settle down into his role, where you know we've had questions about him, but it, it may have it role. may have just been one, you know, really bad outing where he got blown up in that uh, mm-hmm. USF series where he gave up four or five runs. Um, so, you know, what do you think about him moving forward? I think it's his role to lose, and we're going to talk about that a little going forward. Ooh, a little preview. Look at us being all radio-like and uh, uh, previewing things before we don't they have come commercials. Up. Oh, yeah, I know, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that closer situation. But we're going to go into Game Three, which was an awesome, awesome ball game to be at. MSU got down five early. Um, I call it Fifty Shades of Walter Borkovich, and even Coach said, "Which which Walt are we going to get today?" And uh, it looked like we were about to get uh, not we the Spartans were going to get bad Walt. On Sunday, as he let up one run in the first inning and then blew up in the second. Uh, they got a runner on. He stole two bases, was singled home. Another run was singled home. Um, and then in a weird situation, uh, it was runners at the corner. Walter Borkovich threw over, like I said, these pickoffs, man, that kill me. And this led to a run. Throws over. Guy's already in motion. So the first baseman gets it, hesitates, uh, sees that the guy in third is in motion, throws to the third base. They get a run home. Guy's safe at second, and they get a run. It's like, hold on to the ball. Get the guy out in front of you. It, it, it kills me, man. And it led to a run, and you're making a bad inning worse. They got four runs, and it's you know it's a five. It's a it was a five run game, uh, but the team didn't give up. And Marty Bikina, a freshman who's almost even taken on a leadership role at this point, is the top of the order. So they didn't give up on him, and they really didn't. Uh, they continue to hit, and you want to talk about the bats that really came around. Yeah, and it's not to be forgotten that you know Borkovich had an incredible second half of the game. You know he recorded 16 straight. To finish his start, he went seven and two thirds. So it was definitely a great performance from him. And um, yeah, it, yeah, despite all the issues I mentioned before. Right. And um, yeah, the bats really came alive, and it was it was great to see. You know, they were down big. You know, five nothing. It looked like it was game was just gonna be over. And you know, the they left a couple runners on in the first couple innings, but they came back in the third. Uh, they finally reached um, the scoreboard. Um, Chris Simonson got um, a nice you know RBI infield single. Uh, and then, you know, a couple more runs uh, in the bottom of the sixth to cut it to five to three. Uh, McGuire drove in Zimmerman, and then Byers got a, a RBI ground out. But the seventh inning was really just huge. You know, Bashina let it off with a huge solo home run. 
which was great to see. You mentioned it. He's really coming to a leadership role. He has an interesting role on the team. You know, he's a freshman, and he got Big Ten Freshman of the Week uh, earlier in the year. Um, and then, you know, three batters later, Taylor Grace was on first, and Zimmerman just launched one out of here for a home run. Uh, and that gave him the the lead the, for the first time in the game, 6-5. to five, And uh, there were no other runs after that. It was, it was a huge inning, very exciting. Uh, and Zimmerman, you know, came through clutch again. Now I want to add something with this Zimmerman. Um, this Zimmerman two-run shot to give him the lead, it's exciting. We love it. It's glamorous. Um, but this is not to take away from what really saved the game, which was hustle. And this is what I wrote about, so you can read more on impact. Um, hustle did save this game, and without it, um, it was an easy double play, double play ball. Um, Taylor Grace hit right into it, but beat it, just busted down the line, beat it out. So now it's two outs, and he's on first, and Zimmerman's able to hit the home run. Um, that's a two-run shot now instead of a solo shot. Uh, with that double play, there's no Zimmerman, you know, there's no game leading, and that's the only other run they got for that game. So that sixth six run to give him the lead, you know, that was it after that, and Hustle gave him that run. Um, Hustle saved him again as well. Uh, on the Byers, you mentioned the Byers ground out that scored a run. That's also another double play, but if Hovis didn't get to second on a muffed ball before that, you know, that sets up another double play, but instead it's second and third instead of first and third, uh, which would have set up a double play to end the inning, but instead... It's a, it's a fielder's choice to first, and that runner's coming home to give him another run. So that's technically even the fifth run, you could say. So we, we, I can't preach enough. This team is going to live off hustle, um, and it's, but it's a great thing. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's awesome for this team, and it's awesome for baseball. But, you know, Taylor Grace, you know, your hustle can't be, you know, praised enough, but I think it was the unsung hero in this game was hustle, and I think, you know, it's, it saved the game. There's no getting around it. But we also had a chance to talk to Coach not coach, manager, Jake Boss Jr., after the game, and he was able to talk about how Walter Borkovich was able to turn it around after getting himself into a deep hole at 5-0 to zero early in the game. He's been very, very good for us, uh, and he's, he's been really shaky for us this year early. Um, and so, again, I just I wanted to see which, one of, which, which guy was going to show up here today, uh, especially after it started going bad for him. Um, you know, again, after the seventh, I thought we, we didn't execute a couple things after the second, I'm sorry. Uh, we left a couple opportunities out there defensively that maybe, maybe weren't Walter's fault. But uh, at the same time, you know, we need a guy to get out of that. And, uh, um, you know, he did and uh, was able to, you know, like I said, really just settle in. And like I said, that was Jake Boss Jr. And now before we move on to our rapid-fire questions, we're going to talk about that Oakland game, uh, those week, weekday games. It was Tuesday. Michigan State did lose 3-1, to one, and there were some ice-cold bats there, Michael. Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, six Oakland pitchers combined to shut down the MSU lineup, just seven hits, one run. Um, it was a tough performance, and, um, you know, the inconsistency of the offensive lineup is something that it looks like it's just going to be a problem this year, and it's, it's just going to, you know, come up and, and go away at different times. It seems times. like it's coming up more now. They mashed a lot at the beginning of the year, but now it seems like we're seeing a lot of more colder bats. Right, and, um, you know, all of these teams are starting to get into midseason form, and now they're starting to play their conference opponents, and, um, you know, things are starting to settle now, and so we're going to get a good look at this team, but this might be a problem for the rest of the year and, and might, you know, prevent the Spartans from, you know, reaching that next step that they're hoping to reach. It, it's day-to-day -day consistency. But it's also inning-by-inning inning consistency. Five of the seven hits they had. Seven hits is not bad. You'll see that in a box score and like, okay, seven hits can get some stuff done. But the fact that five of those seven hits came alone, standalone, in one inning, um, that's not good. 
and there were zero walks in the game too. So MSU, who lives off getting on base, getting on base, and you know, kind of creating havoc once they're on the base paths, uh, didn't get anyone on base. And yeah, like I said, seven hits is good, but not when they're all standalone singles. All right, Bikina went two for four, and you know Zimmerman extended his hitting streak that we'll talk about later. But yeah, no, uh, that's that, you know, you can point that out now. That's really a positive. Yeah, it's great. You know Zimmerman, you you never. It seems like the whole season you just haven't looked in the box score and seen a zero next to his name. You know yeah. he's gotten he he always gets on base. He has a 15 game hitting streak. His at batting average is just skyrocketing now at 4.29. You know he's up at the top of the ranks with the Big Ten, and he's even in the rankings for nationally. Uh, he's been definitely the bright spot of the lineup, and it's great to see that, you know, amidst the inconsistencies, Zimmerman is always there. 15 games, only, uh, what, 40? Or what is it? Um, how many was uh, Joe DiMaggio's? <laughs> he's coming for you, Joe, though. 56 games, uh, he's 56. at 15, almost there, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The um, You know, the bats just, just weren't working. Um, yeah. And uh, they – oh, go ahead. No, yeah, well, I was going to ask, what did you see out of Andrew Gonzalez, though? Because, yeah uh, – the less stung, but, you know, we saw some positives on the pitching side. Right. Gonzalez had a great match. Unfortunately, he got his first loss of the season. He's at 3-1 and one now. But, you know, he pitched five and a third, you know, just two runs, five hits, and the six strikeouts was really nice too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it, it was it was tough to see that the offense couldn't come through for him because he pitched a great game. And he pitched a good game in the home opener too against Central, and that, that's where, you know, he got a win in that game. And He's, um, he's really established himself as that fourth slash weekday starter right the weekday starter. Yeah, yeah so yeah when we have these games not we when michigan state has these games in the middle week andrew gonzalez is gonna be your guy right you got cam you got you know ethan landon and you got borkovich there for the weekend series and and then you know gonzalez has really slid in there as that um you know weekday starter so That's and good. and yeah he had a um he had a great performance unfortunately we weren't able to talk to jake boss after the game but all I know is this this loss stung for him because that, talking to him after Sunday's game, he wanted to win this because one of his goals, one of the goals on that checklist of the season is being number one in the state. Well, Oakland is just down the road, and they lost to them. So I that I think that one, you know, it's not Big Ten play, but it stings a little seeing those in-state rivals. Um, but it'll be, I think they should use that fire, though, take that on those pesky West Coasters over at Oregon. Right, and it's interesting that he talked about that again on set on Sunday because he talked about that after the home opener on Wednesday after beating Central. You know, he talked about, you know, he they beat their, you know, in-state rival, and, and that's what he focuses on. He, he wants to be number one in the state. He wants to be that dominant force. And, you know, there is a really good team down the street in Ann Arbor. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that'll be interesting to see, you know, when that matchup comes up. But um, that that's, that's an interesting focus for um, – you know, manager Jake Boss. I I haven't really ever seen that before. It's it's good. But uh, with that being said, we'll move into our favorite rapid fire questions. Yeah, Michael, that... want to start by asking me something? Yeah. Uh, who do you think was the best player that you saw take the field? Yeah, I was blessed enough to see some baseball again. Get some good weather actually for that Rutgers series. Quite different than the Central game. But uh, the best player I saw out on that field, <sighs> I, I want to be basic and say Jordan Zimmerman. But I'm gonna knock him because I didn't see any crazy good field plays. But the, the dude's unbelievable to hit. Um, I absolutely recommend to go see him play. But it's D- Dakota Mekas, and I know you'll add more on him later. Dude's a beast. Dude strikes out everyone. He's six seven and is just a tank. Um, but in, go next question. I'm gonna ask you, how do you like Taylor Grace, uh, the kid from California? Actually, what up? Um, filling in for the injured Alex Troop. Yeah, well, Troop was dominant in the first couple weekends, uh, those first couple tournaments, and his injury was a disappointment to see. We just 
didn't see him in the box score, and we're not really sure what when he's going to come back, you know, what's even going on with him. Uh, but Grace has filled in nicely. He hasn't filled in on the mound. Like, Troop is a very special dual threat on the mound and uh, at the plate. But Grace has been great at the plate. Um, he had his first game in the opener of the USF series, and he played that. He started that whole series, nothing much there, but he really came through on in the doubleheader on Saturday against Rutgers. Uh, he went four for eight. He, he had that huge RBI in the first game to take the lead in the seventh, which, you know, eventually gave uh, Spartans the win. Um, he's getting his job done now. You know, they're, they're not expecting too much out of him. No, you know, nothing special. Uh, troops out. So, you know, Grace is doing a nice job of getting into his groove and establishing himself as a uh, dependable hitter. So once Troop comes back, you know, they'll have that guy right off the bench, you know, to give a starter a day's rest. You know, it's an important asset to have when you're in, you know, mid-season form, you got the weekend series. And it, we'll see in April, they have a lot of weekday games also. There are a lot of games yeah. going on. So having guys on the bench ready to give a starter a day's rest is, is great to see. Awesome. So um, what do you think about Chad Ruskelly? You, you, gave him, you mentioned him in the, <laughs> in the season preview. Where is he at? Uh, where is Chad Ruskelly, man? Um, you're right. That was one of my preseason guys that I really liked. Um, big bat last year, slid into the starting lineup as a freshman. Uh, Matt Byers, the transfer, kind of came in and has taken that role since uh, Chad Ruskelly started the, started the season um, injured. But, I mean, Chad, he's not – Bad. He, he's in the seven games he started. He's still ha- he's still hitting uh, up over three forty six. He's got six RBIs too, and only twenty six at bats. Um, and not to knock Byers, but my Byers hasn't you know wowed me behind the plate either. I've seen some overthrows. Uh, I've seen him throw it away after a third strike. Um, like I said, I don't want to knock Matt Byers. He's doing cr- tremendous things on the base path and is a power guy. But I think Chad Ross Kelly. I I think he deserves some playing time. He established himself as a hitter last year and. You know, what we've seen so far is not bad by any means. So, um, I don't know. Hope to see him soon. I'm curious to see if he, he may be injured. They might be hiding an injury there because he's only played in eight games this season. That's true. Those but were all at the beginning. Those, uh, Yeah, they, they've scattered th- some throughout. But we're going to move to the next one. Why is Dakota Mecca so good? Why, why, why? Well, you know, his stats are unbelievable. He's been the focus of this episode, and he deserves it. He's He got the Big Ten pitcher of the week after, yeah. you know, two strong weekend saves. You know, he struck out nine batters in four and a half, or four and two-thirds innings, sorry, uh, over the weekend. And, you know, he's second in the Big Ten with a 1.27 ERA, which is incredible. You know, get even better, a conference low, .092 opposing batting average. That's just incredible. You said it. He strikes out all these guys. You know, 39 strikeouts and just six hits in 21 and a third innings of work, which is just fantastic. He's, you know, filling up the box score. But what I really love is that, you know, there's an interesting comparison with him and Mockby, and he's pitched six more innings than Mockby has, but they have an identical number of batters faced. Well, let's, uh, let's transition into that. Um, this was like our fifth bonus rapid-fire question for both of us. And are we seeing a closer battle right before our eyes between Do- Dakota Mekas and Joe Mockby? Well, it's interesting because, you know, Mockby, you know, he takes a while to get his guys out. Like we said, you know, Mockby or Mekas has pitched in more innings but has faced, you know, the same amount of guys. So Ma- Mekas comes in and just steamrolls the competition. You know, he gets the job done. And, you know, Mockby doesn't really do that. You know, he gives up the hits you know, and he makes those innings long. And um, that's not what you want when you're trying to, shut the door in the ninth inning. I agree. I think Mockby's given us a little wild ride, but it's still not bad. I think his numbers are a little inflated because of that one rough outing. Um, still a phenomenal pitcher, a great guy talking to him after the game. Um, but Dakota Mekas, I 
truly believe is the better pitcher in the situation. I would not be surprised at all if he was the closer going forward. He picked up two saves this weekend against Rutgers um, when Mockby only picked up one on Saturday. Um, but this also could be a great thing for the fact that you have two guys that could be closers. So in the rare instance where it's like Rutgers, where all three games are save situations, you have two closers now. You know, it's, that's not unheard of. You see the Yankees doing that with Andrew Miller and uh, Raldis Chapman and Dylan Batantis just stacking that bullpen. So if we have two guys that could be closer, not we, Michigan State. I, I hate how I always do that. <laughs> but, yeah, if there's two guys that could play closer, you know, what do you think? Right. You don't need to get one guy who gets 20 saves for the year. You know, as long as you're getting the job done at the end of the game, you know, that's what matters. And so if Mekas and Mockby are going to go through the year and finish the year with the same amount of saves, if they're both going to be in that role, that's all right. You don't. You don't have to have a consistent guy. Yeah. So uh, they're getting the job done, and the bullpen in total is getting the job yeah. done, but especially Mekas has just been outstanding. So, you know, Mockby came into the season, you know, expected to take on that role, and Mekas has really come through as a unexpected bright spot in the bullpen. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't have to be set in stone. You know, he's the closer. You know, it's not going to be a set in stone role. We've seen that so far. Yeah, and – we, we keep telling ourselves we've got to go shorter every episode. But we're moving into the preview against Oregon. Uh, if anyone skipped ahead. But uh, Oregon is 11-9, 2-4 in Pac-12 play. I'm um, just going to kind of race through this since we don't have much time remaining. Um, this team has been in the tournament every year since 2012. Um, and this is major for MSU, who has just moved out of the rankings. Despite having fewer losses than a lot of teams that are ranked, um, this will be a huge respect thing. How does MSU play a Pac-12 team arguably one of the best conferences in NCAA Division I baseball. Uh, so getting picking up a few of these wins is going to be tremendous. This is an Oregon team, yeah, 11-9 doesn't look that good, but they still picked up two of three against a top 15 UCSB team, UCSB, that's Santa Barbara. Um, this team cannot hit, though. Uh, they, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that their team batting average is 211. Uh, so, you know, that could be really good for the MSU pitchers, especially Cam View. Um but it's it's you want you want prime time Landon and prime time Borkovich, what we've seen them able to do, um, how good they can be, so you can really really shut down that Oregon Oregon uh, batting because you know on the flip side opponent batting average for Oregon is 218, so their pitchers can pitch. This team has two true aces in David Peterson and Cole Irvin, especially Peterson who has a sub two ERA. This team will also go six to nine guys deep in their bullpen. Um, and from the looks of it, you're seeing a lot of guys with a lot of appearances, not a ton of innings pitched, and very low ERAs. What does that mean to me? Well, I'm seeing situational pitching. I'm seeing guys that'll come in for an at-bat, a lefty versus lefty battle. Um, and that'll, you know, if MSU doesn't get out of that lead, that could really, really uh, ruin some days for Michigan State, especially a team that's 1-3 and three, uh, going into the sixth inning if they're losing. So this bullpen is going to be tremendous. It's it's going to be the ultimate pitchers duel this weekend. So if you want, you came, you came hoping to see one of those ten run games. This weekend is not your weekend. Uh, this is going to be a pride game. This is going to be a pitchers duel, and this is going to be how does this young team battle against some of the best pitchers in the country against a big conference on the West Coast. Uh, that's how we'll end that show. Michael, is there any last comments you'd like to add before we go? Well, it'll be interesting to see if weather can play a factor into this game because Oregon, you know. That's true. That's a really good point. You know, they, we might get some cold weather. We still, in Michigan, haven't reached that, you know, 
stretch of spring weather yet. We still got cold, and you yeah, know, I Oregon doesn't really the, experience that. Yeah, I saw snow in the projections too. So if Oregon comes here hoping for a nice day, they could really uh, get their you know day ruined by that one. You know, yeah, used to that. Yeah, so. West Coast weather can be real nice for you know, yeah. Those guys so they might not baseball. be used to playing it, but. For Michael Epps, I'm Zach Barnes. Thank you for listening to Warning Trek. Tune in next week as we go over the Oregon game. Have a great day, people.